Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Yep, let's get on with the show indeed. Denise, introduce our guest, please. Hi, this is Sharon, and I can't pronounce your last name because I'm horrible with last names. Sharon is also British from London, but also lives in the US most of the time. But currently we're recording from, are you in London now? I'm in London. This yes, is my office. Yay. This is my London office. I hope you can't <laughs> see the mess. I've got, I've got, um, I've got a lot of baggage around me. Lots of suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> and Sharon and I met uh, very briefly at the Elman conference at the beginning of the year and have a load of things in common. And she very kindly agreed to come and talk. And now she knows Martin too. So. <laughs> Sharon, first pronounce your last name because it is a it's, bit of a mystery. It's exactly as it's spelled. It sounds as the way it's spelled. So it's Wax Kirsch. That's it. Wax Kirsch. Do you know what? Yes. What's the origin? I haven't come across um, the name before. It's potentially German, I think, Wax and Kirsch. But somebody recently from a heritage something just wrote to me and said, we found something, somebody we believe is your closest ancestors. because We don't have any. There's only another set of Wax Kirsches in the world and they're in Jamaica. Okay. And so they're Jamaican, uh, they're Jamaican background. They they're from my father's side, some cousin married into uh Jamaican families, and that's the other wax kirsch. So so that's it. That's it. If you if you see another wax kirsch, they're my family. Okay. I'll I'll say <laughs> hi from you if I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and if they don't know me, that means they've disowned me, and that's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> so Sharon let, let, tell us a little bit about your background since neither of us actually know you terribly well and and probably very few people listening to this know you at all um what how did you manage a why did you come to America and do you live here often or <laughs> or um and and how did you find hypnosis I always I say I, resi I, I reside I reside in Indiana and I live in London <laughs> oh, oh that's fun <laughs> how how many months of the year are you in each place um i'm more i would say i i would say more in in the u.s but actually we travel a lot my husband and i my husband's a professor at university there so it means that we can sort of every semester every break of the semester we're out and so yeah. whether we're out of the u.s or out of um our state is is variable um, this month, I've just come back from Italy, and I'm off to Copenhagen next week, and then I'll be in New York, and then I'll be back in Indiana. Okay, so Sharon, tell us, how did you find hypnosis? How did I get into this? You know, it's a funny thing. Um, I was actually an animator originally. That's what I trained in. So um, I, I'm i really good with art and, and the subconscious mind in that respect. Mm -hmm. So when I get artists that come to see me, we've got a lot in common. I actually have worked with a lot of filmmakers as well. It's, it's uncanny where your past is yeah. and what you're presented with um, as a as a clinician. But um, I, I was actually... Um, looking for a new career I just wanted to do something else and um I sort of wrote I guess what we would all know now as automatic writing and I just kind of scribbled a list of all the things I wanted to do in life 
And that included being a chef in space, um, being a potter. I couldn't cook, by the way, but <laughs> never mind. Um, I wanted to do all these great things, um, maybe 3D animation, which I knew was now computerized and that wasn't so exciting for me. Um, and then I just wrote, you know, hypnotherapist on this list and I just continued with my list and I thought, hang on a minute. So I thought, well, had I been watching too much Darren Brown? I mean, it was, you know, it was when he was first uh, on the scene as well. I mean, this is going on 20 years ago. And I thought, well, you know, why, why this? And I was really interested in self-development anyway. And one of the things that I was very aware of when I used to do workshops of, you know, self-development workshops of any kind, I would go on them for a week and come out sort of elated, feeling like, oh, yes, mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've, I've found myself. And then, you know, about two days afterwards of that yeah. week, you know, like, you know, eight days in, nine days in, it's like, okay, what happened? What did I spend the money on? What was I, what mm -hmm. actually was not working there? What didn't happen? And so when I saw about, you know, my on my list, hypnotherapist, I thought, hang on a minute, does this have something to do with that part of my life? So mm -hmm. I went on a a very brief, um, uh, let's say, web crawl, because at the time, there wasn't that much out there, but loads of spinning uh, yeah. oh, websites. Yes. It was, it was <laughs> great. And I was like, oh, am I being hypnotized? Um, <laughs> I have no clue, you know. And uh, I kept thinking, well, who trained the trainers? So mm -hmm. I, I, I looked at this, for me, um, what was my pyramid, and I came across a gentleman called Gil Boyne, and um, I decided to phone him up. He was in America, so I phoned up, and he said, yeah, elderly gentleman in his 80s, and he said, well, you know, I'm 80-something years old, and um, why don't you work with my one of my students who knows my work better than I do? He's my protege, and I said, well, who's he? And he said, he's in London. So he guided me to Dr. John Butler. So mm -hmm. some of the viewers may know John. And uh, I was one, pretty much one of his first students. Well, there was, a, there was about six of us on his training, I'd say, very small. And so it was pretty much like having one-to-one -one tuition. Well, it was one-to-one -one tuition. It was, you know, there was, as many of you know, when you work in the industry and you're alongside lots of other students in these training groups, there's a very small percentage that actually do go out into the into the big right. wide world and and choose to do this as a not only as a career at some point but a full time career, and mm -hmm. so I would say none of the students were that interested to take it as part of their career. So, so you think they actually their intention was just this is an interesting thing to learn, yeah. wasn't they? Were yeah, definitely. For a job. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there were definitely people on that. As I say, there was about six of us. Yeah, and I just want to make sure people listening who who have learned a bit of hypnosis but aren't doing it full time, that's okay. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. We're happy with everybody learning hypnosis and not being full time. But we, but, no, but if you're going to be, if you're going to do it as a job, at least know what you're doing. <laughs> really yeah. have training first. Really yeah. have training, but you, yeah, and there, it is true. There, you know, the the people that I I studied with, they were fantastic. We we all made a lot of effort, but in terms of them going on, you know, there were already people who are in careers. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. there were so there was a nurse. So she was in a career. So it, it was totally appropriate for her to be doing this. Um, there were other people doing various other things. So um, there was an osteopath and again, and an a, and a acupuncturist. So again, these were careers that they used hypnosis as part and parcel of, of that profession, which made sense. Right. Um, 
but to go into it as a full-time person that's something else i guess um who had no other career other than animation which didn't, didn't really like so it. but but you did when you finished the course you then hung a shingle oh, and started working full-time I mean, or yeah okay. i went straight to full-time i decided you know for me, it was a question of I've spent my money on a training and I'm going to just use it. What I, That was it. It was uh, there was mm -hmm. no question. I want to make my money back, um, which I have done. I can't even say my, tenfold. Many times I mean, over. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's been a lifetime. It's, it, this is already a 20 year career. Um, so I ended up, you know, just doing hypnotherapy. And I think because I was with John Butler, he was a specialist as well in the medical arena. Um, he was at the time doing something called Hypnosurgery 5 Live, which was a live um, filmed event on Channel 5 in, in Britain um, at the time of a hernia operation, no anesthetic. And uh, if you manage to watch that, you can sit on YouTube um, with a guy called Dale who wouldn't quit smoking just so you know, he, he would do this, but he didn't want to quit smoking. Um, he would come into our course and John would be teaching us, but of course he would be getting influenced by what we were learning and stuff like that. So it was great for him. And um, John was doing, you know, it, it interested me, this kind of surgical element. Mm -hmm. And then not long after I finished, I had a friend who was a surgeon and uh, he'd invited me to one of these parties, uh, surgeon parties. And he said to me, oh, don't tell anybody what you do. Um, and I said, why is that? And he says, well, you just don't don't say, we, you know, it's not the sort of thing you talk about. And I said, well, you know what? I'm really proud of what I've just learned. If somebody asked me, I will. Interesting mm -hmm. enough, people did at, at this party. And they said, Sham, what do you do? And I said, I'm a hypnotherapist. And they were saying, oh, did you see that hypnosurgery five live? And I said, yes, I did, as it happens. That was my tutor. And they said to me, can you teach me? So I thought, yeah, I've been out of this five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I contacted John and I said, look, this would be completely unethical. And there's no way I could teach this. I had no background in it. I said, could you teach these people? I've got a group of surgeons that are very interested. And uh, he said, well, you know what, Sharon? I found it very difficult to um, connect to that. Uh, world at this point he said and you seem to have just walked into it and he said well why don't we set up together and we created something called the institute of hypnotherapy for medical and dental practice the ihmdp mm -hmm. uh, where we would teach surgeons anesthetists dentists and the medical field in that realm and of course i was getting better and better trained by being alongside john all the mm. time and i was just getting more and more influenced and trained and trained and trained i mean it was really intensive training um and we would go around and and give workshops and lectures and i'll never forget i was at the british dental trade association and uh we were meant to be doing a live presentation of two two clients uh one one patient that was um, wanted to do a, something with no anesthetic and the other one, which was a phobic who wanted to do uh, a surgery with no anesthetic. So I'm waiting for John and I'm on the phone that morning. I'm just, John, John, are you coming? Okay, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm stuck in traffic. You, you just go ahead. And I'm like, well, I've got to go ahead. It's our time. So I do the work. Mm -hmm. I'm hypnotizing this patient. And at the same time, talking to the audience and I'm doing everything at the same time. It was quite, it was quite, you know, nerve wracking, sweating buckets. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that goes, it goes really well. And so comes to lunch and I'm, John, John, where are you? 
for you. And he says, you did the first one, okay? I said, yeah, yeah, but well, you're coming. Are you? He goes, well, I'm still stuck in traffic. Now the guy's down the road. And so, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, what? I end, <laughs> right, and I end up doing the next one. And I have to say, what a brilliant mentor, because it was after that, he said, well, you've done it now. He said, and in fact, yeah. I had actually been doing a lot of dental work prior to this you know it wasn't just this was the only one but he said take the dentist he says why don't you just take all the dentists um mm -hmm. and deal with them and so when we did trainings I would just do trainings for dentists and that's how I became much more well known in the dental arena um but of course the medics were still interested and I I was really interested in the medical field but it it is definitely a different kettle of fish I mean as you know it's uh you know, there's different dynamics to these these industries, although they need the same processes and and right. understand. There also it's, it's a it's a definite niche. I mean, there is just it, this part of the anatomy you're dealing with. You yeah. need to know about the rest of it, but you're only dealing yeah. with the math. Whereas, right, uh, a physician could be a lot of different things. A lot of so, different things, yeah. So, do you work with medical issues, or do you? Because I know oh, yeah. we talked about a knee replacement a little while ago, right? Yeah. So that. hopefully, I'm uh, I'm still <laughs> I'm still waiting for a um an orthopedic surgeon to to agree to doing a knee replacement anaesthetic. Um, but yeah, I've done I you know I I've been in all sorts of surgery. I mean, one of my most challenging ones I would say was uh was a vasectomy. Um, and, and it was challenging because my client hadn't told the surgeon that he wanted me. So well, that's a challenge. I it was I a mean, real challenge. Yeah. The surgeon Who is this me. person? <laughs> right. And, and this is a real thing. So I, you know, I've learned a lot about how to manage all these situations now. Um, mm -hmm. but it, the surgeon wanted me outside the door. And so I had to sit outside the door. Just relax. Yeah, okay. Pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, and then the surgeon would constantly call me in and I'm not in scrubs. And I'm having to walk past my client's nether regions, and, mm -hmm. you know, on full display, which was not, I don't have an issue with it, but it's not most comfortable for him right. as well. And so I had to walk past this and then do some work. And then I'd be told to, get out now sit down outside the surgery wait a minute till the surgeon could you come back in again please and it went on like this and i said Would how you long be did that so i mean vasectomies are not usually very long they must have They're not prolonged long. it tremendously <laughs> it, it did i mean and that's the most stupid thing i mean on the other side of things i just did a 80 year old tooth removal no anesthetic and it took I would say under 15 seconds from beginning to end. That's including induction and anesthetism mm -hmm. and tooth removal. So it's, you know, it can be done. You know, if you've got somebody True. on board. But let's, let's just, just lest <laughs> anybody who is truly new to hypnosis is watching. This is not somebody you walked into the doctor's office and said, oh, I can take care of that. Boom. This thing. You, you had prepped this person. You'd worked no, with the client. You one, had no. not? No, no. And <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you, Denise. I'm going to have to manage some expectations. This is an unusual situation. <laughs> I'm going okay. to, I, so, so I, yeah, I don't want to come to people to get wrong idea about this because they're really, you know, in general, I do prep people and that goes without mm. saying. This really, there are times where I am in some of the, I would say the most challenging situations and challenged. And 
I enjoy that part of my work. I enjoy a challenge. I enjoy an experiment. It's not for everybody. Um, I think one of the things about doing any kind of surgical, medical or dental is you have got to go with a flow. You have got to be open to the, 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 the whole point of deal with what emerges. You've got mm-hmm. to go with that um, uh, ethos. Otherwise, you're in trouble because there are so many different dynamics that are going on. And with this particular person, it was like, that's what I'm having. And I'm like, oh, sure, let's do it, come on. And the, the dentist were like, well, I don't have time for this. And I said, well, how long do you need? And she said, well, I've got patience. I said, I'll do it and I'll get it done in a couple of seconds. And so the client was already like, oh, it's a couple of seconds, numb, all right, boom. So the, again- the real power of suggestion there. Real power, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And some, and, and I always say, you know, it's the power of motivation. We don't, we, it's, it's not always understood how this works. And so people are often scared because they don't understand how it works. Therefore, they spend ages doing something, thinking the the length of time is going to create a different outcome. And that's not always the case. Um, But I do think if you understand the subconscious, that's the key. And and so and again, I've been doing this 20 years. that there's a there's a big difference for just walking into i i have made so many mistakes and i have done so many things that i'd like to have done a different way so yeah you have to keep learning on the job what is your current passion that's sorry because i sort of know the answer but what is your current passion right now what what do you want to or do you want to talk about that yet oh i want to know i well i want you know, I've got things going on, as you know, Denise. Um, one of the things that I'm creating is a global organization for uh, medical and dental practitioners to be able to work alongside hypnotherapists so that we have a, a mutual referral basis. I think that that's mm-hmm. really important. Um, I have been, you know, time and time again, hypnotherapists have come to me and said, Sharon, how did you do it? Um, you've managed to get into the medical field or the dental field. How do-? And I'm like, this has taken years and I don't think I'm there yet I really don't I think I'm far from it and yet I have worked very hard I could it could be better um but it's you know I've actually just been offered to link my training school to uh, a school called the London is a London International Medical School so it's for international students who are in London um, uh, who are training to be medics so I've just uh, been talking to the professor who's beginning that so you know these things take years to cultivate those kind of relationships I've known Mm -hmm. that particular man for 18 years or something and he's seen me Mm -hmm. develop develop that um but I'd like it to be that it's not it doesn't take everyone else years I want to have i want people to to be able to come on board saying that as hypnotherapists i think we ethically we need to be aware of our abilities and be very clear about what we can and can't do i think mm-hmm. we have to have a very high level of training to be alongside um, the medical and dental field these people have been in training for years and i'm sorry yes i know we cannot cannot just walk in and just expect just because we know one tool that they're going to go oh yes well of course i need you i've just trained for nearly 20 years of my life and i just got my degree 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 phd 
etc in this little tiny niche um you know we've got to we've got to understand that that these people have and and they've put thousands of dollars pounds you know whatever into it and and put their lives on hold and then somebody says i took a six-week course (laughs) yeah i I do think that one of the things sorry martin go ahead no i was just going to say the amount of times you've said on this podcast though you wish you'd been taught hypnosis as part of your medical training exactly 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 Yeah, exactly. And that's why the, this this school, this uh, medical school is interested in me coming alongside because they're going to put their put this in. And I've just been again invited by um, an aesthetics, uh, a dentist that I've known for years who went into aesthetics, who's now got his own school, who wants me to team up with his school because right. they want these things to come. They want them to be side by side. They should be side by side. Um, it should be integrated. I, yeah, I usually try to explain when when we've talked about um, the fact that some there's there's a some areas where they do not wish you to be practicing hypnotherapy unless you are a physician or something similar, um, and and my thing is we we as hypnotists need to take it down a peg in order to allow them to realize we are we are offering a technical ability in a modality. Yes, it's very nuanced. It it isn't learn this five minute thing. It takes a lot longer than that, but mostly it's practice. <laughs> the theory is pretty easy, but if, if we could, if we're comfortable being technicians, I think we would be a lot better accepted. 100%. And the idea that I'm coming in because I'm a hypnotist and I'm going to cure cancer is really not what we want to be. Exactly. It, it, you do have some amazing things. A 15 second induction for tooth extraction is fabulous, but unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is and and i i i 100 agree with you on every level there denise because when i go into any kind of surgery i'm a technician mm-hmm. and i have to sit back i have to watch sometimes some really dodgy uh work going on especially in the dental world because i've gone to various different dentists i'm like going you're doing what you know and that doesn't and I'm like going and I don't even know what's going on but that's not right you know and I kind of there's, there's, sometimes I'm thinking oh god you know that I haven't seen that before um but but I have to sit back and just say that's what my patient chose mm-hmm. and you know respect to the to the people that are working around because if they feel your respect they'll also kind of give you the same respect back um yeah it takes some time. I mean, I've worked as I've worked with some. I've worked with one man, oh, a lovely gentleman, um, Mr. Henshaw, and he was at the King Edward the Seventh Hospital in is it seventh eighth? Uh, gosh, um, in in uh, uh, Harley Street area, and mm-hmm. that's where the Queen goes for many of her issues. Oh, sorry, she previous. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna dear. take a while. It's like it's like when they change the years, you have to write a different number. It just sounds wrong, right? <laughs> but that's where the royalty went. And so this gentleman, he just he said I needed to do a a, a tooth. It was a kind of I don't know what it was. Some removals, but there was also bone graft. There was it was quite mm-hmm. a huge huge operation actually no anesthetic and he wanted his his anesthetist on board and he didn't want it filmed and afterwards he said I totally regret that 
and you didn't need the anaesthetist here. And I, I apologize. And he said, and your client's not mad, which I thought she was. And he said, it was all <laughs> learning experience for everybody. <laughs> and he said, he was so, he was so pleased. And he said, you know, anything you want, Sharon, just let me know. And he was as sweet as anything. Um, but it was a huge, he said it, it in 40 years, it's been the biggest learning curve he's ever had. And he said he'd never would have believed it. Right. And yet, isn't that a tragic? Because 50, yeah. 60 years ago, he could have been taught that in school. Oh, yeah. 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 And again, and I, I, I'm going to put this out there, which is something that we as hypnotherapists should understand, is that when you meet somebody in the medical or dental field, they may say that they've studied. And I've had that plenty of time. Oh, I've done hypnotherapy. And you say, well, what have you done? Oh, it was a disaster. Why was it a disaster? Because this person ended up having some kind of ab reaction or something or other. Yeah. And so they don't know what to do with it. Mm. And again, I I also came up with this when I was, you know, in my training school, I was always training the dentists, especially, or the medics, a really short program that they're not going to come to a lot. And my idea was they're not going to bother. They're not going to come into a long training. So Mm -hmm. give them what they want it it's remiss of me and i've stopped doing that i've decided no you want to learn come for the whole thing learn right. well that's a, you know my course that still because life keeps happening and i don't get it out there but mine is only to teach them what it could do right so that if they personally want to learn fine but but you need you could probably do a, a shorter course than martin and i had to do because you won't need it was pretty annoying to me to hear about hippocratic oath as a as a hypnotherapist, kind <laughs> of redundant, and a few other things, but but absolutely, yeah. you you still need practice. It doesn't matter how many it, cardiac it, operations you've done; you haven't done it with hypnosis. So exactly, and and also what I and would, it's not twenty years worth of training either. Right, exactly, and also what I what I understood with all of the medics and dentists that I've trained is when they started using hypnosis, of course they would get deeper than they realized that they were going to get. And if they didn't have knowledge of how to come through that part of things, then that's also a problem. Scary. <laughs> yeah, it's very scary because suddenly you're faced with, you know, as we all know, you open the subconscious mind and boom, it's... Uh, all sorts of stuff in there, yeah. Problematic in, in many things, in, especially in the hypnotherapy world. I have to say there there are problems in our, in our world. Um, which are but the, do you, is that going to get in the way with us of of the modality being accepted in the medical world? So, I I'm not sure it is. I think I think because now there is much more uh, in the way of neuroscience and studies that have come through in terms of you know universities are doing much more work to see how this works, and you've got much more equipment to. Mm -hmm. gauge brain uh nuances and problems and you know the neurology behind it all so i think i think that the the medical establishment is taking note from a research perspective the problem that i see with research in this area is that again you do research with anyone in hypnosis and it's so individual well, that's and it. you're yeah. only going to get a, a right. fraction of some kind of awareness of what's really going on. Um, but again, you have to do research. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I think the medical establishment is is more open to to listening now because there is 
factual research being done. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the COP, the Clinical Outcomes Research Programme over here in the UK on hypnotherapy? No, I haven't. Oh, right. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, something I'm a, a member of. And oh, I need our, you to send me an email about it. I will. I will. I'll include it in the show notes, actually. Our clients oh, yeah. fill in um, after they're given their consent. They fill in a questionnaire after each session and they grade themselves on seven different um, categories. And then it keeps That's them really in total over weeks. And it, it you know, provides, it's, it's like, for example, when I refer my client back to her psychiatrist or I'm sending notes over, there's the evidence. Oh, I'd be really interested in mm. that, Martin. This <laughs> medical speak, all this doctor speak, just before we do have to wrap it up, Sharon, let's just lighten the mood a little bit. Tell us about some of the fun stuff you've done. Oh, fun stuff. I think unusual stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, did you know about my my dog hypnosis? No, no, do tell. That, that's going to be an unusual one. Okay, well, I apparently it uh, seems like I'm the first person in history to use hypnosis for um, veterinary surgery for a hernia operation, no anesthetic on a dog. Um, wow. And then, and then recently, I have got it on film, and then recently um, I did... Um, a dog phobia, uh, a phobia that a dog had of the dentist. Ah. That sounds fascinating. How, would you tell it to picture? <laughs> Just, uh, I introduced the toothbrush to it in a different way. So I put the dog into <laughs> a trance state and then was able to brush the teeth, which they'd never been able to have their their lip uh, held up before. Mm -hmm. um, and that would that normally sent them into an absolute spin. And uh, you can see that video. I've, I've videoed it as well. Well, you know, oh, the, the, we'll send it. We'll include that in the notes too. So that, <laughs> that doesn't sound quite as crazy as it may initially sound, because if you think about it, horse whisperers, what do they do? Mm -hmm. Exactly. They exactly. calm horses down and they get them prepared for a race. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real thing even in this day and age and going around the tracks, isn't it? They have horse whisperers. They do. Calm, they do. Calm them down. I have to say, though, I... I People have often asked me, how do you do it? Teach us. I want to learn. Um, I personally feel, again, with anything in the medical, dental, and now veterinary world, we need more research. And mm. I'm mm -hmm. very fortunate where my husband works, there is a veterinary college, and we, we're trying to get them involved to see if we can do the actual research, because I don't think this is necessarily a wise thing to be doing on every animal <laughs> myself. Yeah. Um, I think, again... You know, without it, you know, without the research being done, um, mm. it, I, I don't really want to go. Oh, this is how you do it, and this mm. is what needs to be done, mm. etc. It's, it, it's yeah. one of Not those. What things. we know about hypnosis, though, it's it's easy to see the theory side of it. How a dog would pick up on the right tones, on the right rhythm of voice, etc., etc. Because they do pick up on our. Well, they they can feel our fear, can't they? They can pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing was, was, when I made this the film of this, the amount of physicians that phoned me afterwards said, gosh, if you can do that on a dog, imagine what you could do on a person. On a person. Said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, how many conversations have I had with you? I mean, what did it yeah. take? <laughs> a dog, so, um, a dog, man's best friend. Dog, okay. Right? <laughs> so, it's interesting that people don't look up from the bigger picture until they're thrown this kind of what what's going on. I, here, I have another question though. You're doing this, you're doing this, and you're doing this. And you do. do you ever have any non-hypnosis related time? 
Is that where you're you're off in Europe right now? Are you are you are you zipping around? Since I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't. You know. If no. you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, I'm sitting in the airplane the other day, and I just you know what do you do I do this what do you I just sit next to a doctor and a and a dentist next to me on the plane so of course what do I do who's my YouTube channel have a watch yeah. and 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 I was sitting in <laughs> I was in I think it was Stansted Airport uh two or three months ago and I just asked somebody to use the phone charger um she was next to it and we set up a conversation she's now going to be one of my students I went to Covent Garden Market and I was looking at all these pretty brooches and I don't know how the conversation happened with the lady who was sitting there, but she's fearful of her of a procedure and medical procedure. And I ended up doing a hypnosis with her. She gives me a brooch for free and I'm going to learn from her how her procedure went. You know, it's, you know, if you've got, if yeah. you're able to give in a way that's going to help somebody, why would you turn it off? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And it is a very helpful and caring profession, isn't it? Yeah. Sharon, yeah. it's been an absolute thrill. I don't know where the time's gone. It's I'm I'm absolutely delighted that you've joined us on there. Thanks today. so much, Thank both you. of you, Martin Denise. It's such a pleasure to speak to you both. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, with Denise, I, I, you know, I've known her not very long myself, but we're so on board with the same concepts and ideas. Mm. It's it's just wonderful to to meet like minded people and be in the profession. You know, as as I uh, when I studied this, one thing that I was told is there is no competition from anybody you're doing your own thing in your own way but we do need to collaborate and meet collaboration together. absolutely yeah yeah, really yeah. It, is, it is a very personal thing clients make their own decisions on who they think they will yeah. you know get the best treatment from um I, I can't think of anything that is more personal than hypnotherapy actually in that respect gynecologist <laughs> my, my thought too but yeah but it is you've got to be on the same wavelength with other therapists to work with them and with your patients they have yeah. to absolutely yeah. you've got to get into their space yeah thank you so it was much. really nice thank you thank you we hope you've enjoyed listening Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.